Am I making any sense? All right, here we are, another episode of Am I Making Sense? I'm very happy to have with me tonight the long-awaited, wonderful, fun, happy Jackie Pearl. Jackie, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> we already had You're a network free- drop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, some pros. It was the wonderful. <laughs> oh, no. You know what? This is this is the times we're living in. You know what? The intro was the best oh. intro I ever did in podcasting, Jackie. In the history <laughs> of podcasting, that was the best intro. But it's fine. <laughs> you know what? Um, podcast like this. Yeah. I think that means you're going to have to actually be a listener to actually hear your own podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, me me and Jackie, for the two listeners out there, we've tried to get a podcast going. I, I want to say we were booked February or March, and it was probably a week or two prior to the whole shutdown. Yeah. And then I think we were getting our legs like I wasn't doing any real zoom comedy and i wasn't thinking how i was going to do my podcast i think i may have done a couple in-person podcasts after um after the shutdown and then i switched over to zoom and uh here we are we're finally doing it so i have to i kick off every interview in this day and age um with a very simple but important question for the times okay and that is jackie are you okay Huh, very good question. How topical. Yes. <laughs> I am right now. Um, okay. Yeah. Good, 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 you know, good. It goes 10 minutes by 10 minutes by half an hour, you know. Uh, but right I, now, I am very good, actually. I think I might have said this on the podcast already. I know I'm telling a lot of people this. If 2020 would have had just one, just one of these events, whether it be a global pandemic, whether it be the civil unrest, whether it be the fight, like any one of these, and we would have been like, that was a hell of a year. The Australian fire. That's right, I forgot about that. Oh yeah. They were burning around December and January, right? Uh, Yeah, January, we started January, February. Yeah. It's, and my, it's, my old roommate at the University of Hawaii, one of my dearest friends is Australian. She lives in uh, Brisbane and- Okay. Mass, yeah. It was bad out there? Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, was no. California. Right. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So let's get into it. Let's get okay. into it. So okay. I want to hear, we have a lot of stuff to get to today, actually. So there's plenty of uh, deep dives to go here. Um, but first off, I just want to give you a little compliment in the sense that I love when Jackie is around and in a room because you're one of the most bubbly fun, engaged comics that there is on the scene. Oh, and, yeah, and I and I, <laughs> I don't know where you get your energy from <laughs> because I know you're hitting up mics pretty much every night, aren't you? Or, okay, let's do, okay, we'll break this in questions into obviously the pre-COVID stuff yeah. and then the post-COVID stuff, but yeah. you were hitting up mics pretty much every night, weren't you? Yeah, I, I really was. I was, uh, you know, I would take a I would take a day or two off here and there, but if there was a mic and I wasn't booked for a show, I was out there trying new stuff. Yeah. yeah. I like your cup, even your cup is a little floral, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay on theme. I'm actually wearing a hula skirt right now too. Uh, just doesn't fit in frame. Nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I try to hit them up as much as I can. I love doing like the, the Bay mics on a Monday night when yeah. things were, I can hit five mics. I can leave here at three o'clock in the afternoon and hit five mics. And I feel like I've done a day's work then. Yeah. Talk to me about that because you're actually technically you're in two, I guess what I would call comedy communities, right? Or maybe three, you're in three because there's the Sacramento community that I know you do comedy out there. You got the Bay area. And then are you also kind of what you would categorize as central Valley too, or I live in Sacramento. Holy shit. Yeah, I live in Sac. I know. I get introduced all the time as a Bay Area comic. I've never lived in the Bay in my life. I live in Sacramento. Wow, that is commitment. <laughs> oh, my God. So just for perspective, guys, Jackie's driving home sometimes 1, 2 in the morning, like leaving the Bay. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, because like on Sunday nights, I'll do Milk Bar, and I sometimes right. don't get up at 1 o'clock in the morning, and then I drive home. Wow. That's amazing. So when did when did comedy kick off for you? Ah, okay. Grab your Kleenex. Um, yes. I was married for 25 years. Okay. Uh, Congratulations. Um, <laughs> I um in 2015 I divorced my cheating husband. Okay. I'm sorry. I guess that's the part where I say I'm sorry. So we no, got the congratulations. I no, what you say is there is congratulations, I, two congratulations. <laughs> congrats. No, okay. No. I, I will just. Uh, it was a lovely marriage for nineteen years, and okay, and, yeah, and then stuff happened. It took me a good six years to decide I was leaving. Okay, which I was, you know, doing my part. I've done. Yeah. I did it too. So, um, and my son had just got into UCLA. Okay, and we. He's from Hawaii. We're from Hawaii. Yeah, and. Um, we were paying out of state tuition and anytime That's you insane. have, it was $52,000 a year. Yeah. Even community college out of state. If you're out of state coming to our community college, it's kind of, it's a it's, lot. It's insane. <laughs> and, but he had gotten into UCLA and that's really hard for a, a white dude to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Own it um, like it is. It's the right. He used to be like, when he was applying for colleges, he'd be like, Mom, I was born in Hawaii. Why didn't you just write Pacific Islander down yeah. on damn birth certificate? Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, um, you know, he was eight, He was nine, 18 at the time, and yeah. no court of law is going to make a parent pay for anything. So I basically moved from Hawaii to California because I knew that was the only way I could help him with college. Got and it. He life to do this and six months after moving to california his tuition went from fifty-two thousand to twelve thousand a year yeah and he would pay six and i would pay six and he'd do all the work and he graduated so nice. that was but i did not want to move to california yeah uh, and i was miserable and okay. i moved i didn't know anybody i i chose sacramento because one of what, my best friends what year was this so this is 2016 or what yeah yeah okay and uh and I was just super, super, absolutely depressed. And I would get up. I had a 15 year old daughter at the time. I would get up. I'd drive her to school. Happy, happy, joyous. Here's your breakfast, mom. Yeah. I'd go home, literally go to bed until two o'clock when I had to go pick her up. Like, I right. mean, it was, I was miserable. I had one friend here. She's one of my best friends. She's from Hawaii. 
My kids, her kids are the same age. They grew up basically as cousins. Um, but there's only so long you can sit in your best friend's living room and cry about your life before she yeah. goes, you know, I kind of like to get back to work. Yeah. My mother called me up and she said, you've got to watch this new thing on Netflix. And I said, okay. what is it? She said, it's uh, Grace and Frankie. Okay. You know what? Okay, it's Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. Okay. And it is, you know who Lily Tomlin is? Okay. Uh, yeah, Lily Tomlin. Uh, yeah, I could definitely get you know, on that. Uh, laughing, uh, Rowan yeah. and Mark. Uh, she is, she's just an icon. She's nope. amazing. 83 years old right now, 84 maybe. Uh, she's been in comedy since the 70s. Uh, she was openly gay. She's been with yeah. her partner for 30, 40 years. You know, I, back in those days, that could ruin your career. So she's, yeah. she's, and I love her. I adore her. And I said, okay, I'll watch it. And I turned on the first episode. I'm not ruining anything. It's the first scene. Sure. And they are, they are, absolute arch enemies nemesis and but their husbands are law partners and have been law partners for 40 years so they have to deal with each other all the okay, time yeah and and jane fonda is sort of like grace kelly she wears white uh. and her hair perfect and lily tomlin is a pot smoking hippie crystal kind of and they hate each other okay. and there's a restaurant they're waiting for their husbands their husbands come in and the two men sit down and they look at their, you know, their wives and they say to them, we are both divorcing you. No! Because we have been lovers for the last 35 years and we want to get married now that it's legal. Wow! That's a great way to start a series. I laughed so hard. I know, how can that be funny? I laughed so hard, I cried. And I just looked at it and I went, my life doesn't suck that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I said, I need to go out and start doing comedy. That's what I, not doing it, not doing, hell no. But going out and, and watching, I've always been a huge stand-up. So I started going to um, um, uh, Laughs Unlimited okay. and and anywhere there was a comedy show, I would go buy tickets and I was in the audience for about six months. And nice. I'm a writer by trade okay. and I've written corporate speeches for people that are funny. And then yeah. they go at the event and fuck them all up. Oh, can I? on this i'm sorry we can edit that okay no, but I, I like i like when people say fuck but i don't want that to hurt your career so we'll uh oh i don't we'll take mind. that I, <laughs> okay I, then yeah I, we're leaving it in then <laughs> I, um <laughs> yeah. and, so anyway i started going and i just fell in love with it and i yeah. thought well i could write this stuff maybe i should try it and I didn't, and I didn't, and I started going to open mics and just watching people. And if you've ever been to an open mic, even yeah. if you've been doing this for a while or if you've never done it, sometimes you get those people on and you go, I could say something yeah. funny like that in my sleep. you know. And then you see somebody and you're like, oh my God, I'm blown away. But I finally took a class and I know that's frowned upon, but I uh, knew I- You know what? I I'm gonna stop you right there. Fuck those people. We all okay. learn in our own ways. Everyone yep. learns in their own way. And you know what? If taking a class or being around people who've walked the path, whether yeah. or not those people are uh, yeah. household names or not, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, I say everyone get out. Like, actually, I'm too old. I'm too old to be playing that game of, hey, yeah. man, that's, yeah. uh, that's not the way to do it. <laughs> and yeah. and we're yeah. going to get into this. I don't want to sidetrack too much. We're going to get into this. And this okay. is what I love about your energy. Oh, but keep going. So you went to the class. No, no. I, I signed up for Keith Lowell Jensen's class because okay. I 
to me. And I knew I was never actually going to get on stage unless I was forced to. And if I pay my money for a class, I'm going to show up. If I say I'm going to show up, I'm going to show up. And if I go to an open mic, I could sit there all night and not show up. So I went to it. We had a two week class. I think it was like maybe it's four it was it was Saturdays and it might have been two or four mm-hmm. and you know I didn't know what a light is I didn't know that you move the mic stand away all these really weird things that seem second nature now yeah. that I've been doing it but I had no idea yeah and and he threw like a big party like a big uh showcase okay. and he hired Johnny Taylor Jr. to to close it out okay. and it and everybody got to invite their friends and family and so my first actual stand-up performance in my entire life was in front of 150 people at blacktop comedy and i threw up before i went on and i threw up after and but i had been working on the same five minute set for you know four weeks and i had down and i went i can do this yeah so i started doing it started doing it and I'm just gonna. I, I will. I will finish this in just a second. But oh, no, fast, got forward, fast forward to uh, January nineteenth, twenty nineteen, and one of my dearest friends, his mother is a good friend of mine. He's a comic in Vegas, and his mom's a friend of mine. And mm-hmm. all she wanted to do for her birthday was see Lily Tomlin perform um, at the San Jose College. They have that beautiful theater yeah. there. I've been. And, there. I've seen shows there. Yeah. Yeah, so she was putting on a show there. And so we got tickets. Tom drove in from Vegas, and I drove down with him. We picked up. So it was me, Tom Bomb, Tom Bomb's mom, Tom Bomb's mom's mom, uh, (laughs) and a bunch of her, like, lady neighbor friends. And we all went, 4,000-seat theater. Lily Tomlin, who's 83 years old, performed a -a two-and-a-half-hour one-woman show doing all of her characters from the past. And at the end, she did a Q&A. So when we walked in, there were three-by-five cards and pens, and we asked a question and threw them in the bucket. Well, me, I'm like, oh, throw in. Mm -hmm. I wrote down eight of them. The first card she pulled out at the end of her show was mine. Oh, fortuitous. and she she gave her answer. And as I walked out of the theater, I saw the theater manager. His name was Thomas. And I said, that was a fabulous show. It was just wonderful. You know, the lighting, the sound, everything was great. Thank you. And he was really thrilled. And I said, I have one favor to ask of you. I said, that first card, I can still see it on stage right there. That was my question. I said, would you just please ask her if she would sign it for me? Mm-hmm. And I explained a little bit that I was a new comic. And she was the reason I got started because nice. of that. And he said, well, she's got a car waiting. You know, it's Lily Tomlin. I'm like, yeah. I get it. Would, would you just ask? Yeah, yeah. So he appeared 10 minutes later. He came back without the card. And I said, okay, thank you for asking. I really yeah. appreciate it. You know, no big deal. I really appreciate it. And he grabbed my arm. I'm getting chicken sin. I might cry. And he said, she wants to see you in her dressing room. Goddamn. Let me see if I can. I, let me see if I can. There we are. This is oh. me. I cannot hide my joy. I cannot hide my like. Yeah. I, I was. Oh, did you see? Can you see it? No. Yeah, yeah, I see it. Okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. That. I want to get it up. Well, I'll leave it up there. Nah. Yeah, yeah. You can leave it up. That's fine. It's distracting. I'll put it back ah, to okay. Um, yeah, and I got to tell her that whole story about. Uh, Grace and Frankie and my mom calling me up and all that first scene and she talked to me 
and Tom and Tom Bomb's mom for about 25 minutes, which seemed like two seconds and two weeks all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. She told me stories. She At one point, she said, you remind me of a really good friend of mine. And I said, I can do that. I can be a really good friend uh. of yours. <laughs> but it was it was an amazing full circle kind of thing. And I always feel like if things like that happen, you're where you're supposed to be. You know yeah. what I mean? That's, yeah. uh, you can't ignore that yours was the first question. Do you mind sharing that? Do you remember the question? I, I, I wrote her a whole bunch of comedy questions. And then... I threw in one. I'm like, how do you stay in such amazing shape? And that was the one she picked out. Okay, all right. And was squats. She said, I do uh, squats while I'm doing the dishes, while I'm in the shower conditioning my hair. She said, you can do squats. And I have since started doing squats. I'm like, hell yeah, I want to look like you when I'm 83. I'm, I'm 55, and I'm, I'm always looking for the secret. So yeah. that was the question. And An I have that card. Anecdotally, I, I've heard from multiple people that, um, you know, both through just, you know, like old wisdoms, like the ancient people's wisdoms, and then also sure. modern science, they've, they've confirmed that leg strength, leg strength um, is correlated to longevity. I believe that. That's why runners live so, so long, yeah. you know? Yeah. But yeah. I think even more importantly is the, the power, like the squats uh, mm -hmm. and muscular, like people mm -hmm. who squat or doing whatever kind of workout so you know what I, from that I, I have i have so many comments and questions <laughs> i'm gonna go into okay. um so I, this is more of a comment because it's great that you mentioned lily tomlin because from time to time you hear this and this debate i think this debate is something like within the last 10 or 15 years you okay. know it feels like our the genitals we were born with have yes. been politicized yeah. and so i've heard these comments about um, women and being funny. Now, oh, sure. now, when I was young, this is this is always my argument. I go, the people who made me laugh the most. So I was born in '75. You have a few years on me, but I remember I, Carol Burnett. You. Yeah, yeah, Carol Burnett. Yes, always made me laugh as Absolutely. a little kid. Um, I remember Lily Tomlin. Yeah, Phyllis Diller. I don't yeah. even think. I don't even think I knew what stand-up comedy was at, at being right. a young kid. And I remember seeing her and just laughing and laughing. And if and you've ever I seen her without her stage makeup on, she is an absolutely drop-dead gorgeous woman. Really? Drop-dead. Google Phil her when we... Phyllis Diller? We're talking about the same Phyllis Diller? We are talking about like a huh. bombshell. Okay. I'll she, Google that. She, had, she was told when she started comedy that nobody would laugh at someone as pretty as her. So interesting. get into character, girl. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, how's one that of, for some One of her most, one of the most memorable jokes she tells, she goes, so she called her first husband Longtooth, right? What was it, Snaggletooth or bang, something? Bang, she called bang. him Bang. That's right, thank you, thank you. Bang. So one of her jokes that I liked, and it stuck in my head where she said, uh, Fang pushed me out of the car the, the other day on the freeway. He got pulled over and fined for littering. <laughs> like she was so self-deprecating. But you know, um, she's a Midwest Midwestern gal, but she got her start in the Bay Area, Purple Onion. The original oh, Purple Onion. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so in fact, I think I've got it right here. I just finished reading 
I do. Yes, it's within reach. Ali Wong's book. Have oh, you read I got to read that. Yeah, yeah. I haven't read she, it. But. She talks about brainwash, Tony Sparks. She talks about so much stuff in here in the Bay Area. And I'm like, I've done a mic there. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. I'm just like her. Yeah. <laughs> We're basically the same. We're Book the me. Same. Yeah. Um, and then, okay. and then the, I think the, the ultimate queen of comedy was always um, Lucille Ball. Oh, oh, have I got a story for you? Can I? Yeah. Yes, Lucille. Okay, so here, you know Griffin Daly? Uh, yes, yes. Old man yep. Griffin. He got the rocked. accent, right? Yes. In fact, I've got this right here. Hang on. Yes, he's British. Yes. He he has an antique shop. Okay. North Bay, like above the bridge. Um, yeah, I think it co can, yeah. Contra Costa Rappel. somewhere. Yeah. Anyway. <sighs> okay. So I I had a, I have a friend in in Hawaii who what he used to do is go to estate sales and buy jewelry and then he'd have them restrung and resell them and sometimes he'd buy a box of crap and then he'd find out that this was a real emerald in there or this Ooh. was a real you know right. and he he's he had a real good eye for it and he bought uh, this box and in there was a string of of what looks like pearls but they're actually coral so they're coral colored like pearls okay. and. He had them restrung and they were absolutely gorgeous and he had them appraised and he found out they were like from the 1910s and, and the coral is Mediterranean coral and it's extinct. This, it, I have it right here. Oh, wow. Look at you. Well, I had it on my table because I was telling a friend who came over the other day about it. So okay. I, I I wanted it, but it was too, I had three small kids. We had just bought a house. I couldn't afford to buy jewelry. I, yeah. I, I couldn't afford a bubblegum ring at that point, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I just kept talking to him about it. And I said, well, if you don't sell it, let me know. And then I said, I said, could I make a payment plan on it? Like give you $100 a month for the next 100 years and see if I could, you know, whatever yeah. it was. And finally, I made the decision. My cat is right here. And oh, I said, there we go. Monkey. And I said, uh, I finally called him like after six months. And I go, okay, if you, because I just gotten paid a bonus at work. And I was okay. like, if you still have, like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I yeah. said, if you still have that necklace, I'd love to buy it. And he says, Jackie, I sold it yesterday. Uh, I was so bummed. This was probably April or May. Come Christmas that, that year, my husband gave me this. He had sold it to my husband. Wow. Fast nice. forward. Okay. Griff if you go on his Facebook page and I follow Griffin, he's always posting these little things, these little things, these little things that he's got in his antique um, store. I've never been able to find a pair of earrings to match this. These, I don't know if you can oh, see. Yeah, yeah. I can see. The, he listed these and I, I told him that whole story. I'm like, I have to have those. Right. How much do you want for them? And he gave me a hell of a deal. Like a oh, What a sweetheart. Tell them to me. Now here's, Here's, I'm going to get back there. I know I went off on a tangent. I said to him after they arrived in the mail, I'd paid him. I said, I want, I, I, whenever anybody gives me something, whether it's an spoon or a rocking chair, I want to know the story behind it. I'm all about stories. So don't just give me something and go, you're a writer. A lot of money. I couldn't yeah. give a shit. I want to know my grandfather carved that or right. we brought it over on, the, you know, I want to know that. So I said, what do you know about those earrings? Tell me the story. And he goes, Oh, he says, I don't know. He says, I bought them in, in uh, Mill, Mill Valley. Is that a, is that a, yeah, Mill, Valley. Yeah. Mill Valley. 
like 20 years ago from a lady who was the niece of um, Ethel, uh, Ethel uh, uh, Vivian Vance. Okay. And I go, Vivian Vance, the person who was Ethel on I Love Lucy? Uh. Yeah, I think they belong to her. So these earrings used to freaking belong to Vivian Vance. I like, I think you buried the lead there. Like that should have been your, like I have earrings that may have been on the set of I Love Lucy. Probably, sounds like it. I've been I've been combing the internet for pictures and keep trying to look at her ears to see what and that would be badass if you could see that. So that's my I love Lucy's story in a nutshell. There you go. Um. So yeah, I I have to go back through. I want to reintroduce my kids to a lot of these because you know it was different. Like even though I'm even though I'm um, you know not I'm kind of straddled in between. I wasn't there for the. Well, I think Carol Burnett's show was still making new episodes when oh, I was yeah, young. Was. Um, but yeah. I Love Lucy, certainly it was reruns. But see, that was still part of my fabric because we watched a lot of reruns. Yeah. And so even though if it was made in the whatever, 60s or yeah. 50s, it was still really relevant for me. But I want to get my kids, I want to introduce them to that kind of silly stuff. I remember um, Hee Haw. Do you remember show Hee Haw? Of course. Hee-haw. I don't remember any of the women on there, but they had really, actually, uh, wasn't Goldie Hawn was on. Wasn't she? Yeah, Goldie Hawn was on that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. She, I, she was on Ronan and Martin Laugh-In. Oh, Laugh-In. That's it. Laugh-In. Laugh-In. <laughs> that was another one. Um, yeah. And then we haven't even we haven't even gone into SNL. So, yeah, yeah there's so many um, awesome. But Lily Tomlin, that, that must have been a treat. Two hours, 83 years old, and does two hours and probably sucks the oxygen right out of that room, right? Like your face it, is hurting. You're laughing so hard. Absolutely. It yeah. was... It, just absolutely amazing it was it was uh yeah it was it was one of my best nights <laughs> yeah i would definitely i would pay to see that one um yeah. so the other thing i want to go back and broach is you talked about the comedy school and um i i've heard that too i've heard two things in the comedy community that make me scratch my head and i think this could be either um you know i'm kind of over it i'm, I'm too old to, to kind of get into these mindsets um yeah or it might be just the way i think and approach the world i've heard the comedy school is like a, a rip or something like people are critical of it which to sure. me i say everything you just described is why people should do comedy school number one you worked on a five minute and they told you be repetitive with your five minutes right they told you this isn't about riffing every day because when i first started comedy i thought people were coming with shit off the cuff. Yes. And, I, and then I realized after I hung out in the community more, I go, yeah. oh, people are saying the same thing. Yeah. Literally every time I see them. So they're trying to hone in this joke and the timing. So, okay, that means I can be comfortable. So it took me like a month or two before I put two and two together with that. And then the yeah. second thing is you had that, you had the mentorship, you knew to do the repetition, you had a place to do the repetition. That's the second thing. But then the most important thing is your first one, you got to experience a real audience. Oh, it's crazy. Not just a real audience, but a receptive audience. And that must have filled up your tank for at least a year or something. I did not get back on a stage for five and a half months because I did not feel like I could replicate that. Yeah. I was and 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 you know, that was kind of a setup. Everybody there knew they were there for a new class, a graduating sure. class, what they were, it was supportive. 
and I walk into some freaking dive bar to listen to an open mic and these guys are playing pool and yeah, yeah. talking and watching a game and going fuck you to the comic and you know yeah, yeah. shut up or you know and it's just like now you're in an adversary you're kind of like um, situation and it's not the same so it took it took me another five months before I actually went to an open mic okay nice that's cool yeah I um I'm actually that's one of the things I do like about having started the way I did is I kind of like that I was just the anonymous schmuck getting on stage because I I even to this day if you said hey Matthew like I can't imagine I, I've done comedy in front of my wife yeah but like my siblings and my like my parents oof I don't know. I would probably melt under the pressure if my if my parents were in the crowd just because it's like I, I don't know. Okay, see, I I I understand exactly what you're saying, but I'm a writer. So I've written yeah. novels and, and published several nonfiction books and, okay. and what I've I've realized very early as a writer is that you have to you have to get rid of those voices in your head if you're just gonna write. Yeah. And, and you know, my mom's sitting here going, you swear too much. <laughs> That's my mom. She's still in my head. Ah! <laughs> or, 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 why are you telling that story? That yeah, makes yeah, yeah. Bad. Or, That's embarrassing. You're embarrassing. On? Or, yeah, exactly. And what I learned really, and it's hard, is you just have to go, you know what, mom? You're going in a closet okay. for the next two hours where I just write everything down and then I'll go through it, and maybe I'll let you out to say a word or two, but it doesn't mean I have to listen to you. And I have to do the same thing with comedy. I've done yeah. comedy in front of my parents. Okay. And, um, you know, my mother hates it when I say the F word. Absolutely hates it. Yeah. So I, I actually looked up where the F word came from. Do you know? Isn't it an English word? Obviously, it's an English word, but I mean, English like... A um it stands for like fornication under king or something like that oh, yes that's what they thought that's actually that's a that's a myth okay. actually don't have any idea where it came from the oh. first time they ever have it in print is in the 1400s and it was written by a monk and he said um he said fuck or Abbott, Abbott, so and so fucks, or something like that. And they don't know if they meet, if he, they have no idea of the concept. They don't know if it was like the Abbott was running around town screwing ladies or if he just, you know, eats well. socks or whatever. But I had so much fun telling my mother that the first time it appeared was in a monk's translation of rewriting the Bible. Well, if it was at the Catholic Church, then uh, it could have been something worse. <laughs> it could have been the ladies, you know? You know? Yeah, especially so, he's talking about the abbot. It's him and the abbot <laughs> doing something. I don't know. Maybe that monk just had a visit from the abbot last night. We yeah. don't know. Um, but yeah. No, that's so. so awesome that you have a writer's background because I could talk about writing all day, too. Yeah. Um, I, so have you heard of this book called The Art of War? No. The art, wait, the art, the, the, the war, the war of art. I'm sorry, the war of art. He goes into, he's a writer. He's the guy who wrote Bagger Vance. And okay. it's, ultimately it's a self-help book for the creative types. But okay. um, his whole thing is that, um, you know, your main thing you're overcoming is the inner resistance. And the inner resistance can be things like this, like the voice, like, 
Um, I've also heard this. There's another book called Writing to the Bones that I, I yeah. really enjoyed. I've heard of that. Yeah, I haven't read it. I don't think I've read it. I think I have it. My favorite book on writing is actually On Writing by Stephen King. On Writing. Okay, I'll get that book. Because there's a, there's a through line with all of these. And ultimately, it's about when you're being creative, your editor and critic have to be just gagged and in the closet. And yeah. you, the editor can be invited back to the conversation, Absolutely. right? But for the creative process, when you're sitting down, um, but for us as performance, as com comedians and whatnot, then that you walk, I walk up there with those same critics and whatnot. And sometimes if it feels like, oh, they're already on top of me so much that I can't, I, I've tightened up or something and I can't get out what I need to get out. But then I think I'm going to have a barrier when I do, if I ever have a really close loved ones at my shows, um, it, I'll probably be vomiting. I will be vomiting. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. I, there will be vomit. Yes. A great like punk rock song. There will be vomit. Exactly. Um, but I think for me, what I've realized is that the editor and critic that you have to, you know, gag and, and, mm -hmm up and put in the closet is in writing it's in your head in comedy that editor and critic once you've written your material where where they should be in the closet those those editor and critics but your editor and critic while you're performing is actually the audience oh that's a good point yep it's actually the audience so i've gotten up and done I'm going to do a squeaky clean set here and this is how this is going to go. And then I watch the comic before me and I'm going, they don't want squeaky clean, clean, mm. you know, you got it. Yeah. You got Or, you know, vice versa, you yeah. know, I'm out there and I've got a, and I don't do real raunchy, but you know, innuendo stuff. And then I go, yeah. mm, no, they want life stories. They want uplifting. They don't want necessarily. Yeah. So that's, that's the difference I find between, writing and performing what do you find more difficult go on which day uh, <laughs> okay yeah i guess it varies right yeah you know it's there's times where i just go god i can't write anything new nothing i have to say is funny and there's times where i go oh i don't want to go up on stage today i just want to sit here and listen to other people and laugh and i don't let yeah. myself do that very often yeah i, I have a, on occasion gone no i'm just here to listen okay. uh, but that's once every 200 times, you know, yeah. I, I myself go up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, right now we're in a different age. So before pre-COVID, you were going up pretty much every night, getting out there, um, hitting multiple mics. Yeah. Uh, so how long did it take you before you jumped into the Zoom thing? I was really against it because it's not stand-up. Yeah. It's not stand-up comedy. It is yeah. not live audience stand-up comedy. Off, and the way I kind of eased into it, I knew I had to do it because I was just rotting. You know, my yeah. jokes were rotting. And, and I knew I had to do it. So the way I got into it was I started doing workshops, which is, a, it, which is okay, yeah, you know, it's yeah. not stand-up, but it's a workshop. And, and once I did that, I kind of got into it. And then I do, like, comic hangouts, you know, okay. where we're just in and hanging out. yeah. And, yeah. And then I started doing, I think I got asked to do on a show, a show yeah. and I made $70. Oh, nice. Night. nice. And I was, well, shit, we're not doing, let's go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
and now I really, really like it. And 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 granted, it's not stand up, right? Uh, isn't it's a different it's a different medium, but yeah. it's it's useful for trying new things out. It's useful for the human connection that yeah. I'm alone with my cat. Okay, yeah, yeah. you know, um, and it's very useful for for networking. It is a huge. I've done shows in Australia, Japan. Ireland. I do a show in New York twice a week. Uh, I've been on a show with one of the writers for Conan O'Brien. I've oh. been on a show with uh, one of the dudes who used to open up for Sam Kinison all over. I wow. would, I'd have to be in, I, I'm three and a half years in, if we're counting COVID months, yeah. uh, doing comedy. Three and a half years. That's all I'm in. Yeah. I'd have to doing this for 25 years to have connections like that. Yeah. So I gotta me, do those. I gotta do those out of state rooms because I keep you're you're like the third or fourth person who said exactly what you just said, where they've met people and like they're people who are further along the road, and you were just vibing with them or, or not really chatting, but at least you got to add them on on Facebook and get to know them and whatnot. Well, yeah, and and I will look at. I cheat. Um, I'm kind of a meticulous person, and I will That's look. Great. I will look at the participants. You know how you can mm. go over participants on a zoom meeting yeah and i will write down every name that's on there and while i'm waiting to go up i will google them oh look at you the ones i don't know and and yeah. and i'm like oh shit he's a writer for conan o'brien uh scratch this set we're gonna do this one you know all right um and, we're not and, trying new stuff out tonight oh hell no we're gonna we're gonna we're yeah. gonna busting balls here you know yeah, yeah. and since doing Zooms, I have been asked to be on, I think, five, six, seven paid shows. I've been asked to do live shows, outdoor live shows that I never would have been on. Mm -hmm. I've been asked to do podcasts. I've been asked to do a, a, a radio commercial. I've been asked to, you know. God damn, look at you, Jackie. I'm <laughs> lucky to have you on this podcast. Holy smokes. You're going to be untouchable in another year. No, I'm not. It's just ninety percent of what it is is show the fuck up. Ah, there we go. Up. That's that's all ancient it, wisdom right there. All I do is show up again and again and again and again, and people yeah. think I'm where and doing everything, and I'm not. I'm just showing up more than you are, or showing up more than you are. You know? Yeah. I gotta. You know, what? I gotta make a commit. So this is what. Um, this is what I. I, I think I did my first Zoom maybe like a month into the uh, into the uh, lockdown. The lock. Yeah, yeah. and then and then after that, um, I think I did a couple, but they were more like I was invited to do them. But then Munoz hit me up and he's like, "Hey, you got to be you got to be joining us." I'm like, "I know, I know, I know." And so I joined that night. He's kind of like he's you know what that guy he's watching out for us like us mm -hmm. I. I yeah. So okay. anyway, what I was going to say is this is what I call it. This is my comedy treadmill. Like, obviously, we want to be out in the woods running or running up a hill. And that's being on stage. But when you can't do that, when you can't go on the trail, when you can't do yeah. you have a treadmill and you get on yeah. the treadmill and it sucks because yeah. you do. But it doesn't always suck. That's the thing. Sometimes like last night was a blast. I really enjoyed um Wait, was it last night or the night before? Anyway, the, the night me, we were on the- um, Oh, Melanie's on Tuesday. That was great. Yeah, I really needed that. That's right. Um, so that I one- 
freaking blast that night. The whole right? thing, insane, crazy, chaotic fun. Yeah. It was great. And I that, had a like that last night with, uh, you know, Joe Gorman? I don't. He's from the Bay and about- Oh, he's ago. hilarious. Yes. He I like that guy a lot. Nights at eight o'clock every Wednesday out of New York. Okay. And I think it, wait, I think it's eight there and five here. You'd have to go on his page. Okay. And, and you know, as much, Melanie's was just out of this world on Tuesday. I had, that was, that was the funnest Zoom mic I think I've had to date. And then I did, I did uh, Joe Gorman's last night and it was, it almost equaled the Tuesday night Melanie's. And I'm just getting better and better. This is awesome. Yeah. I think yeah. we're we're on, I think we're on to something. So last week I had Sam Medina on, and he's really embracing um, the whole oh. Zoom thing. He's doing. Um, he has obviously hypothetical comedy. Shout out to hypothetical yeah. comedy. I'm gonna have yeah. his wife Athena on next week, yeah. and um, so there. Before I came on here, was in a. I guess Facebook has this thing where you can do a message live with a bunch of people. It's like Facebook's version of Zoom. And I was on there from 7.30 till about five minutes to eight when I came on here with oh. Sam. And, and I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta yeah. go. I gotta podcast. See you later. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So he, he was another guy like last week. He, he was like, yeah. we gotta, we gotta, you gotta take advantage of these times. Cause you're not going to be able to sit in your, wherever your office, your garage, where I do it in my garage. You, you can't sit like a year from now, you're not gonna be able to sit in the garage and rap with, people from New York or uh, Scotland or England or whatever. It's not going to be there. Or if although, it is, it may be. Although I don't think Zoom is going away. That's what he said. He I said, don't, I don't think Zoom comedy is going away. That's another thing he said, you know, I, at first it was going to be like, maybe we're just tying, but now he's saying, no, I think it's just going to be those. Cause we're all finding like, Oh, we can talk with each other from other markets Oh, yeah. we're a big family. And even if like <laughs> audience members don't find out, you know what? I'm, I'm, see, here's the thing. This is where I get really, um, I don't know why I, I search for my motivation. Why the fuck do I do this? Um, yeah. Not the podcasting, but the stand up comedy. Why do I do this? Yeah. And I think it really does come down to being around other comics <laughs> more than yeah. just having the crowd because I have so much fun at late night at Woodham's or Caravan. Oh, God. Swinging doors. Yeah, and it's just, it's kind of just people dicking around, trying things out, and, you know, things land, and sometimes things are really bad, and it's just, it's fantastic. The chaos, I think someone said on that, it's like, this chaos is just a beautiful thing. And it so, is. the Zoom, I think, is very, uh, it's a great way to have a chaotic moment, because <laughs> everyone's yeah. talking, and you hear kids yeah. crying in the background, and someone's murdering a dog, and it's just random <laughs> shit, you know? Somebody's passing a kidney stone. Oh, my God, that's what... <laughs> A kidney stone. And then you have Bluetooth <laughs> video games coming out. People pulling out their video games, Jackie, where you go, what the shit is that? That cannot be a slice of reality. Did I? Did the Matrix just open up and I get sucked into some kind of a parallel universe? Yeah, yeah, it's it's some crazy stuff. Yeah, uh, it, it's, no, I, I actually, I was one of those naysayers to Zoom for the longest time, and now I really, I would like to hang on to it. Yeah. It would I mean I want live comedy, obviously. Right. But I would love to hang on to the Zoom too. And one of my favorite things about Zoom is like 
I'm in there cooking a, a, a triple berry pie, listening yeah. to whoever's doing their stuff, waiting to go on. I don't have to take a shower and put yeah. on lipstick and shoes and drive three hours to get there for, you know, it, it, I, I love it. I really love it. And I've been trying to tell comics that I care about that are still, it's not stand up. I've been trying to ease them into it. Well, come to a workshop then come to a storytelling yeah. thing. Come to a, come to a comic hangout. Just try right. it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely here to stay. And then it's like anything you'll be uncomfortable the first time and then something will happen. You'll have your moment where you go, Oh, uh, this is so. Yeah, I think we'll have a hybrid approach, and I think that's going to be very healthy for joke tellers and joke writers. It's going to be very healthy because, um, you know, I don't, I don't know how I'm doing on Zoom calls. I really don't. But here's what I can say: I can, um, I can definitely try out things. Most of my Zoom sets are what I would just call. I'm throwing away content. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe this will work. Maybe that. Sure. I'm just going to throw it out there. And you'll and so, find kernel in it, and I'm going to hang on to that and build on that, yeah. That's all there is to it for yeah. me, yeah. So um, so let me ask you this. So being a writer and a stand-up comic, what is your take on writer's workshop? Helpful, um, does, uh, helpful in the writing and uh, polishing process, or is it more of a social gathering for you? It really depends on who's running it, where it is, what the theme is, that kind of thing. Um, uh, if, if it turns out to be just a social thing, I can skip it most weeks. Yeah. Uh, I like the idea of making time to sit down and actually write. Uh, Stephanie Knowles, I don't know if you know her. I don't know her. I from Eureka, California, she does a lot with Savage Henry. She runs a lot of shows there when, uh -huh. you know, Savage Comedy Club. Yeah, yeah. Um, she runs a lot of- That's where uh, Paula, isn't Paula the- Paula, yeah. yes, yes. Uh -huh. Those are my gals. I love going up there. I can't wait till that opens again. Yeah. That whole town has so many female comics and they are nice. so, so does Sack. I yeah. don't know if you, Sack is the most, if I landed in LA, maybe even the Bay, you know, because it's so, so spread out and people, you know, the Sacramento comics are literally amazing. The women, we go to each other's kids' birthday parties. We have potlucks. We, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a real thing. It's, it's, it's crazy for me how, how lucky I am that I landed here. Asia May, Danny D, Wendy Lewis, you know, we, we travel in packs. That's my squad, yeah. you know, um, but uh, so Stephanie Knowles, she does one. In fact, it's going on right now. Um, okay. And come tonight. But she does she does prompts. Okay. And then she puts music on, and you just kind of set your phone aside and sit down, and you write for half an hour, which is oh, kind nice. of a week too. Yeah. But she writes the prompts, and every week they're different. It's Thursday at seven o'clock, I think. Uh, Zoom, okay. and and. No matter what, I always get something out of that. Whether it's a magazine article that I write and actually yeah. submit, which has happened, that has been published, wow. or yeah, or uh, uh, you know, a letter that I probably should write to my sister, or a yeah. joke on stage. I mean, I always get something out of that one. So that's wait. The do you perform the prompt to each other when you're okay? Yeah, she sets a timer. She gives us thirty minutes. 
after 30 minutes. And she's got probably seven to 10 different prompts. You can okay. pick one or you can pick all of them, depending on how much you want to write in 30 minutes. Okay. And then got five minutes at the end. Everybody has five minutes to perform. Okay. And, you know, she doesn't even mind. There's been times when I had to go because I had a podcast or I had something to do afterwards. And I would go and get the prompts. In fact, I just texted her before I came on here. And I'm like, I can't. I'm doing a podcast. But send me the prompts. Ah. So now I find some time to sit down yeah. for 30 minutes, and which is not a big chunk of time. And I'm going to write something on it. I won't ever perform. Or maybe I will. I won't ever. But I mean, it's not for that. But nice. that's okay. And, and Holly Shaw also does a really good one. Have you done her? Do you know I, Holly? Uh, the name sounds familiar. Is she Bay Area? She's Bay Area. Her and Tito Gonzalez do, uh, okay. and they did this before COVID. I haven't seen anything that she's done since COVID, but we used to meet at this little bar in Oakland, and it was pretty much the same thing. You went out and picked a thing out of the hat, and that was your prompt. And then it was really quiet in the room, and everybody spent half an hour writing. And then at the end of half an hour, you got up and performed. Nice. And I love that format. I, I think it's, and right before COVID, I had called Holly and had a really long conversation with her. And I said, would you mind if I did in Sacramento, the, you know, Holly Shaw, Sacramento, you know, chapter of your writing workshop? Because it's such mm -hmm. a great, it's such a great, and some of them are topical. Some of them are, you know, very political. Some of them are just insane. I think I got, um, reasons not to use a not to reuse a condom or why you would reuse a condom or like that you know and you're just sitting there absurd going, what? Yeah. what and and you know you don't i kind of went off on my mother-in-law reusing like packaging that she got food in you know like <laughs> which is the true story <laughs> i don't know hey i my my wife it drives me bananas we have a I cupboard what's up i love that I, I don't. So we have a cupboard. Full of garbage. Reuse it. No, okay. Actually, so I'm on board. I'm a hippy dippy recycle reuse it also, but but I think I think there has to be a limit. <laughs> because otherwise you have all this kind of flimsy what is categorized as a Tupperware, but it came, it was like a microwave dinner type thing. Or you got a to go to go box or something yeah. in it. And then she well, anyway, this isn't the podcast for that. Me and you can talk. <laughs> but where I drew the line with my mother-in-law was when she served me cookies on the styrofoam that I think she got ground beef on. Yeah. Well, I'm sure she, what she would tell you is, well, I use some dish soap on it. <laughs> yes. So, um, no, you know what? So with that, getting back to the prompt writing, yeah, um, that's a great way to keep it fresh. If you have a scene where you're seeing the same comics every day, you go, okay, we're going to do an open mic. This is an open mic, but guys, you can do a few minutes of your material, but we all know your material. <laughs> and then here's your prompt. So come in early to get the prompt and then we'll just pow, pow, pow. We'll, we'll start. Um, do, so that's a great idea. Um, so, you know what, with me, and the reason I asked that question is I'm always trying to see different angles because I know I'm, I'm fresh at this uh, thing and I'm always trying to be as, How long um, comedy i'm curious well i it's two years uh a year and a half until covid hit okay so i'm a i'm a i'm fresh meat for the most part now the podca podcast longer than that 
Okay, so my podcasting, I this one I've been doing, I was pretty much six months in and I started doing this podcast. I okay. literally, I had a Zoom recorder and I would just ask people at open mics, hey, do you want to podcast with me? And yeah. we would go, and we podcast in my truck. Um, yeah. But but I've been, I've always loved podcasts for like I, um, okay. 10 years probably. And so I had other podcasts of other formats that I did. Um, but I thought... <clears throat> The people who were killing it in podcasts, um, I don't know so much anymore, uh, but the, the people who had top podcasts. And uh, Mark Maron. Oh, it was all comedians. Yeah, I would say from like 20, I would say from 2010 to like 2015, yeah. the, po- the, the stand-ups were the ones killing the podcast. And I, I think it's just the way a, a stand-up's brain is wired. Yeah. Yes, so me and you, I don't think either of us would have any nerves if we sat down in a room and just said, well, we got two hours to kill. What should we talk about? I think me and you would be fine. We'd be great. Yeah. And, and I, I always thought everyone worked that way. And my wife tells me, she's like, no, you don't understand. You talk with everyone and you could talk for long. Like that's, that's, a, that's, well, you know, this is her word. She would be like, that is a skill. That's something born. And I go, that's just being polite. Like I'm old school. Like, right? we just talk. That's, that's just what, like my, my problem is, we only have two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what? That's not long enough. We're gonna yeah, yeah. Out. Yeah. But then, but then the duplicity of me. So a podcast, you name the topic, I'll podcast on it. We could talk, we could talk, me and you could talk about books for an hour. I had, um, you'll actually, you'll like this. I had a podcast with my best friend, Vadim, called Two Beers in a Book. And it oh, was I basically, it. Uh, we would, because we I would meet. Love it. Yeah, we were talking, we were drinking and talking about books every week. And then one day I just said, uh, why don't we just start podcasting? He was like, yeah, I'm down. And so we would just read books and, and talk about it, you know? Love and it, it. we would shoot the shit and it would be, we try to make jokes and make each other laugh too. But ultimately it was a book club type review podcast. We're going to get back to it. I paused it for a while because um, we both got busy with other things. But anyway, back to the thing. So I think comics, the way we're wired, it's not that um, we don't have the problem of finding words. I think our problem is we don't know when to shut the fuck up. I was gonna say and, shut up. That's not exactly. I was gonna say our problem is shut up. Or... And then the other thing is stay focused on what you're talking about. But that's why that's why I named this. Am I making sense? Because I said, like I told you before the podcast, I go, I don't know where I don't know where this is gonna go. I have questions for you, but whatever the fuck, whatever comes up, we just talk kill, about. Kill, kill, kill. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> 12 octopuses in the room. All <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the hell? But then somehow they all end up. They go, yeah. okay. you know. Right, right. So I my, think this. My, Matthew, my dream job uh-huh. would be like, you know who Terry Gross is on NPR? Uh, I am I know a lot of NPR stuff. I've probably heard him, but I just don't know his voice from my head. Her, her. She is her. The, is the, uh, she's the host of uh, Fresh Air. She's okay, injured everybody from Mick Jagger to Bill Clinton. Wow. She, she does, it's not a podcast, it's a it's an NPR. Yeah. She does it at seven o'clock at night, um, Monday through Friday. She's literally interviewed Nelson Mandela. I mean, everybody in the whole world. Everyone right. in the world, like you name it. Lady okay. Gaga to Britney Spears to, I mean, Chuck Berry to Mariah Carey. I mean, you- Wow. I, loves comedy so she is she is probably 
in the top five of the world's best interviewers. Yeah. Uh, uh, so my my, do you know who Graham Norton is? No. Yes. What? I'm going to. Okay. All right. Hold on. I'm bringing up Google right now. Graham Norton. Why don't I know this? I'll he give you a interviewer. He has a British talk show, and he has everybody on who. Comes Wait. He's hold on. He's British. Yes, he's British. That's why I don't know him. Why would you I know a British guy? <laughs> no, no. Okay. Hold on. Jackie, can I defend myself a little bit? Hold on. I just Googled his picture. I do. I've heard him. Okay. I've heard him. Okay. Um, but I didn't know he was a talk show. I thought he was a comic or something. He is a talk show. Like, he's basically the PR person in, in Britain. If you're going to do a Marvel movie and you're in a Marvel movie, you need to get on Graham Norton because he has a, a couch and he has three to five different people of all, like it could be uh, 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 Cumberbatch and and Dame, uh, what's her name? Uh, Judith, whatever, whatever, Dame, I'm thinking of her, I can see her. Now I can, all I can think of is Meryl Streep. But he'll have all these people on, top-notch people, and he'll put them on the couch and they'll just tell stories. Um, or they'll play a game. You know why I know him? Now it's all coming to me. Why you're, you're, Oh. Yes, you're back. Okay, Zoom did something. I'm going to blame that on Zoom because I have it set to automatically adjust. I might okay. edit that part out. We may edit that part out. Um, <laughs> okay, so the reason I know him is because um, one of my favorite British comedians right now is this guy called James Acaster. Mm -hmm. um, and he he's killed those panels before. I mean, he's killed them. He's a really funny, goofy English yeah. comic. So that's why I know him. Um, so there, I'm feeling very worldly now, Jackie, now that I've proven my uh, knowledge Thank of you. the uh, United Kingdom talk show host. But um, so Harry Gross and Graham Norton had a baby, and that was the talk show, or the, 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 the interviewer extraordinaire. That would be my dream job. Nice. If that makes sense. Makes total sense. I yeah. So you know how some comics say, oh, comedy is therapy for me? And I get that. Do you yeah. know my true therapy is these podcasts? I believe it. Yeah, my true therapy is the podcast. Because with comedy, you're it's it's an act. That's why they say your act, your act. So you have an act that you get up there. And then a lot of times we're rushing. We're like, sure. hey, Jackie, got, boom. Hey, and we're just, right? We're running around. So we aren't really talking it up the way you know, you imagine like people yeah. maybe in a, in a big market where they're hanging out in green rooms on a regular basis, whatever. Like, that's not us. We're just, no. we're nomads. We're all we're, over the place. Yeah. But this podcast gives me just a minute, like, let's slow down. Let's, sh let's shoot the shit. Yeah. So, um, so I want to get to a couple more things. Sorry. Um, and Sorry. no, it, it's not, it's, that's <laughs> every time, Jackie, every time I think, oh yeah, we'll talk about this, that, and the other. And it always goes, the the best plan for this podcast is no plan. Um, I like so what is, give me a horror story from the last three years of doing comedy. Do you have one? Do you have a standout horror story? Sure. Um, I'm going to skip over all the douchebags and yeah. hit on and all yeah. that. Because that's just par for course if you have a vagina and you're doing comedy. Right. Exactly. Um, I did a show at this place in winter california okay and it was a pretty big deal i was asked to be on the show which i had 
honest to God, Matthew, zero business being on at that point in my career. Right. Zero was Chelsea Bierce, Miles Weber. Do you know these wow. people? I, do, I know I, both those names. Kyrie Shabazz. Okay. Uh, I, I had absolutely no business. I was eight months in. Okay. So um, you just, it was a lottery ticket. You just won a lottery ticket there. I, they asked me, do you want to be, like, they thought I was a bigger deal than I was. And I wasn't yeah. going to know because that's one of the things I've learned is unless you have a real valid reason. Now, now looking back, I would have said, actually, I don't think I would have said no. I would have just done it. You got to say yes. You got to say yes, Jackie. That's I the right answer. And so people are asking me and I say, yeah. Do you know that three weeks into comedy, I got asked to do a show at Punchline Sacramento? Wow, that's nice. Yeah, and I didn't screw that one up. I don't know how I got asked. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd love to do that. Like, deal? Thank you for asking me. I'll be there. I don't even know how to do this yet, you know? Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, but anyway, so I got asked to be on the show, and it was a bar show. It was a brewery show. Okay. But every big name in Sacramento was there, and wow. I did something that I don't usually do. I listen to people around me instead of listening to my intuition. I have very, very incredible intuition. Okay. And what people were telling me was, oh my God, your divorce stories are so awesome. You should tell them. Uh, and I wasn't ready. I was, they weren't, you know, you know that old standard uh, tragedy plus time equals comedy? Yeah. Well, about all we had right there was tragedy. Okay. We didn't have time or It was comedy. raw. It was raw. And I was like, yeah, well, that's what they're telling me to do. I guess I'll try that. Yeah. And I got up on stage. And I sucked so many bags of <laughs> in <laughs> in the first three minutes that I. No, but tell me, like, did you hear a laugh at all in the first three minutes? Silence. And then and then tell me, like, what did the faces look like? I want a real writer's description. Play, draw the room for me. I don't know because I closed my eyes and started crying on stage. Ah, Jackie, oh no, I'm so sorry. I it's funny for me, but it's because it's, it's not me. It's fucking hilarious. But it was not at the time. I didn't know I didn't know these people well enough to say hi to them. No, you know, I think I know psychologically speaking, I might know what happened because the I think the, um, so you're working, you thought, so you already nailed it. I mean, you know, the chime for family. So I think there's already a heightened adrenaline response. The second you get on stage, I tell everyone this, that the biggest addiction for me with comedy is the first step onto the stage. Yeah. And then once I'm on the stage, it's not that things settle down. I still feel edgy, but it's like that. It's like that. I'm not, a, I've never used heroin, but I would imagine that first foot on stage, you're like, oh, <laughs> And then you grab it and then you're at a heightened adrenaline. And I think you normalize adrenaline. So I think you already had so much adrenaline and then probably you realized, Oh, I'm, I'm talking about something that traumatized me a year and a half ago. Yeah. I heard a, um, a story kind of similar. Uh, T Tiffany Haddish, she cried on stage too. Oh yeah. Yeah. On new year's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was new, but there was a time, early, I, I think earlier in her career, where she said she tried to do a, a bit about her mother, and her mother had some mental illness or something, and um, and she just burst out 
trying to do the bit and she started cursing the audience like fuck you guys you know and crying yeah. no but okay so we're not done reliving the misery okay so no, you start stand up what are you talking about <laughs> so okay so, so i why i i looked around i i was crying and yeah. i just i just handed the host the mic like kind of like after this. how many that was three minutes or the full set three oh, minutes no i'm so sorry i walked off stage and i started crying and everybody's like oh my god are you okay and i'm like just leave me the fuck alone i got my car went home and wow. i just at that point that i sucked like okay. i said I probably i gotta look up the date i think i think like the memory of it mm -hmm. my my comedy uh anniversary is march 12th that's the first day that I actually did after the class that I actually went out on my own and didn't open mic. Okay. So it was March 12th, three years ago. And um, going, it'll almost be four. And um, I think I just, during COVID had a memory. This is Jackie at this fucking show with all these comics smiling. And this is before I got up there and I'm just like, oh my God, you know? Uh. And I just decided I'm never doing comedy again. Like I after that event, look at this. I'll stick to writing. I don't know. Like I came home and I'm I'm going. I don't know who the fuck you think you are that you think you can get up on stage and do comedy and enter. Like you're in a room with these people who have actually been on Fallon. You know, like get yeah. out of here. And um, I just said no more. And my friend. Tom Baum, who lives in Vegas, who actually is the one that I went to um, Lily Tomlin with. Oh, okay. He called me up the next day and he, well, he called me up that night. He said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just done with comedy. He said, no, you're not. And I said, yeah, I am. He said, I'll talk to you tomorrow. He called me the next day. He said, come on, we're going to go do a mic. And I said, I'm not going. I'm done. Yeah. He said, you're done. I said, I'm done. He said, no, you're not done. And I was beating myself up. Like, this was yeah. my one chance that I'd ever have. Oh, that's, and that's, yeah, that's another uh, thing that we tell our, another, uh, what's that called? Fal uh, falsehood we tell ourselves, right? Yeah. You only get one shot. You only get one chance. Yeah, yeah. Every day in the morning. Yeah. And it's over. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he called me, literally every day for five days and i kept telling him stop calling me and finally i think i blocked him like just wow cold-blooded leave me the fuck alone at least give yeah. me two weeks he called my daughter wow and he said tell your mom to get her sorry ass out of bed take a shower and get dressed and you're taking out to dinner and my daughter goes but i'm going out with my friends tonight what are you what are you talking about and he's like get her up and get her dressed yeah. and I will be there at like 4 30 and so she calls me out of my room and she's like mom we're gonna go eat sushi and I'm like okay so I came out like in a ripped t-shirt and sweatpants and a pair of flip-flops and if you've ever seen me you know that's not how I show up at an open mic right right, right. and uh she's like god get yourself together mom put some clothes what the heck we're going to a restaurant. Could you like, you know, she sounded like me. And I was like, yeah. crap. All right. So I actually put some mascara on and uh. put on a clean shirt and a pair of blue jeans and a pair of like heels. And I'm like, better. And she's like, yeah. And then she sat down at the kitchen table and I'm like, are we going to go? She's like, yeah, in a little bit. I'm like, when are we going? She's like, in a little bit. And I'm like, when are we? 
Tom knocked on my door. It was a Monday night. So it was probably a Friday night when this happened. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That was probably three days. And he knocked on my door and Sophie went and opened the door and he came in and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here? He goes, get in the car. We're going to the bay. We're doing five mics. I've already called all the hosts. Your name is on it and you're not getting out of it. Wow. You know what? You know what that was like? Mm. Um, it was like you were Maverick after Goose died. <laughs> and Tom was Viper. And he was like, get him in the air. <laughs> that's what Tom did. Oh my God, that's great. Oh my God. <laughs> you top gun. <laughs> Goose that's is dead. <laughs> dead. Yeah, but it was it was like I did not expect any comic because at that point they weren't my friends they were i told jokes with and hung out with they were acquaintances i'm very careful about who i call a friend yeah yeah, no do that that's smart yeah people i know on facebook are not my friends Uh, i got jokes about that yeah yeah Yeah. no i what i say is it's like um you know i i'm i'm receptive and open and i i want to be i live i try to live life by the golden rule so I want to respect him, but like those people on your inner circle, that's, yeah. that's different, different level. Um, but yeah, yeah, I get it. That's, that's awesome that he did that. And that's awesome that you got back to it. Well, um, and that was the first time I'd ever done Woodhams was that oh, night. Nice. That was the first time. And, uh, I had, I did five mics. Uh-huh. I think Maggie Mc, McGarry's was still open. Okay. I started at, uh, that Maybe start in Union City over at. Uh, I can't remember. Okay. A gay bar downtown that okay. used to have a five minute mic, and if you bought a drink, you got six. Oh, okay. I'm I can't remember. Oh, it's been a long time. But anyway, um, and I had five, I did five mics that night, and because I didn't give a fuck because I was yeah. done. Yeah. I had the best, that was the best night of my life doing open mics. Yeah. Best. Things- Things get easy easier when you stop uh, obsessing and uh, yeah. caring too much. Like you got to care, but you can't care too much. Yeah, and I I think it's interesting. We just unpacked a really important concept. This notion of my shot. Stand up comics can't be thinking in this mentality because it takes yeah. so many reps. It takes yes. probably what tens of yeah. thousands of reps. Yeah, of not just getting on stage but writing um meeting people networking trying different markets so yeah it's like uh that's that's really cool that you got back hey we're back in we're back in so jackie uh we'll go ahead and start wrapping things up here okay Uh, tell the people i have a massive uh following of about i think two to three people nice Uh, yeah 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 so wow I'm crushing. I really, I'm crushing, Jackie. Math. And the thing is, I'm so humble. I don't like to brag about it, but I have three listeners. So um, I love. where can people find yeah. you? Uh, what do you have coming up? Is there anything you want to uh, promote or is it uh, just kind of Zoom meetings? Do people follow you on social media? What's going on? Um, I am on, you know, Zoom shows a lot, um, probably three to six a week. Um, I, you can find me on Facebook and it's Jackie Pearl and it's J-A-C-Q-U-I and last name Pearl, but spelled like girl with a P. 
very unusual. I've been told I'm the only one in the universe, but I always knew that. Uh, <laughs> you don't need to tell me that I'm unique and special. Um, and yeah, you don't have to tell me that. Yeah, yeah. And on Instagram, I am Pearl Jackie, but only because I used to be Jackie Pearl, but I can't remember the... That was before I started comedy, and I had I used it like once on Instagram and never oh. used it again. And I can't remember the password, so I just said, "Screw it, I'll start over." Um, Good to get a fresh I'm start with on, comedy. I'm on Tinder and pieces of uh, pieces of fish, or and OK Cupid, and you can find me on. <laughs> She's everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Venmo and PayPal and. <laughs> nice. uh what am i doing i i do a show about once a month in las vegas it's a it's a psychedelic show um and we can talk about that on our next podcast yeah there's so many things because i wanted to get into hawaii too and i wanted to get into this but it's fine we we can we got plenty again i think our mouths could just keep going so when i get to yeah when I get to doing things in my garage again, oh, I just blurred. I'm now. You blurred. A, wow. I'm like, I. Ah, there we go. I was a smear of uh, Vaseline there. Yeah. Um, For me, I it's to, coconut oil all over my phone screen. I like marinate and coconut oil. And then I'm like, wow, those pictures from the show last night turned out really. Sh- oh, it's coconut oil. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> the, um, my, my dog likes coconut oil so my wife has some coconut oil flavored lotion and she says the dog's always trying to like lick her when she you meant lubricant but we'll go with lotion thank you (laughs) Uh, yeah uh so when i when i start doing in the garage again we'll have you and other sack comics over and we can do hours we can just chill out i I will bring a car load yeah yeah. it'll be cool Um, one of the few things and i do want to share this with you and your two reviewers um that um you know we're all going through tough times we really are and it's hard and you know i i'm i'm you you have your family and all that mm-hmm. a lot of us live alone and i don't want pity or anything like that but one of the things my son said to me recently that i just really think is worth repeating is he said every day try to create more than you consume yeah that's good which means you know, we're 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 trying to find a movie on Netflix, and we're going through yeah. YouTube, and we're scrolling our phone, and yes. we're, you know, looking for a meme that means something to us, like that's going to yeah. change. Life. But take ten minutes, and you know, write a story, or mm-hmm. connect by phone call with a friend, or write write something. So I have been through this, trying to create. You know, maybe not more, but as at least as much. I might make a pie. I might, you know, as at least as much as I consume on a daily basis. That's very philosophical and very wise. Um, I had that recognition about maybe a year ago too, where I said, "Wait a minute, I'm taking in a lot of stuff." A lot. So here, here, I kind of had a, a multi-tiered approach. So I go, "Hold on, I'm taking in a ton of fucking stuff." My, yeah. So um, not only do we have all these other things feeding us like brainwashing, we have yeah. um, social media, we have regular media, we have movies, we have television, we have uh, books, literature. I don't, also, count, I don't count books or my New Yorkers in so, that. 
Well, yeah. So this is the kind of the tiered approach I took. And then we, and then, yeah. oh, by the way, we all have jobs where people, I, the only way I've ever found to make money in this world is to do something for somebody. <laughs> I wish there was another way, but there's, so you have people who you're doing things for who are constantly like, Hey, do this, do that. So you have your, your work that you're constantly doing. Yeah. So you're getting nothing but saturation every waking hour of the day. And yes. so what your son said is exactly the conclusion. I said, okay, wait a minute. So I need to do something. First off, I can never change the fact that I need to earn a living. So the stuff coming to me from my customers and my employers, like that I have to take in and I have to yeah. take it serious. So, okay, that's always going to be there. You can't change that. The second thing, when it comes to books, literature, and writing, you're passionate about that. Reading yes. classic novels is not a waste of your time. It's very good no. for you. Even reading junk novels, I think, even is very good for you. Even reading Mad, Mad Magazine. Yes. Or All, that's New right. York. Yeah. Any reading where you have to create the picture, I yes. think, is exercising muscle. So I go, I want to do that. So what can I get rid of? Well, you know, I'm not that into, other than the comedy specials, I'm not really into Netflix. So maybe I should stop watching whatever series on that. So I kicked out Netflix and I go, well, I don't like, um, I'm not into really social media. Um, so I stopped looking at the feed. Uh, Facebook is more or less for me to connect with uh, my my call my my fellow comedians, yes. Um, and then I was trying to do some promotion through Instagram, but even Instagram was trapping me. Like I would promote something, and then I would spend the next ten minutes going like this. I go, ah, I wish yeah. I had that ten minutes back. So yeah. then, though, so then I cut all that. So really, it's about books, really good movies, really good televisions. I wanted I want to watch, but then after that, I need to be writing something. I need to be yeah. playing my guitar. I need to be figuring yes. things out. I need to be going to open yeah. mics. And so um, I'm 100% on board with what you just said. And uh, I think everyone needs to think about that. There's no way you can get away from consuming. But I think what you can do is you can say, I have, what is it? What do we have? We have 18 waking hours? No, six, eight hours well, of sleep. Okay, we, we have, have about- Sometimes we have three and sometimes we- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Who the, Who the fuck knows? But during our waking hours, you know, 70% we have to consume, not 70, but 60% of what we consume is probably because we need to survive, right? Our jobs or whatever. Sure. But then after that, prioritize your shit <laughs> and do your shit. And maybe someday you'll do something that another person consumes and says, hey, that really, I, that, I connected. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. That may never happen. We're not, we're not guaranteed. No one's guaranteed that their stuff will be yeah. consumed and appreciated, but at least try. <laughs> Well, and one of the things I think that's great that has come out of COVID is I see so many people baking, gardening, oh, yeah. painting, uh, learning a, a language, uh, uh, making music, picking up a guitar again. Yes. My daughter bought an ukulele, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I just, I think any way you can, I, I think all that, the Eat, Love, Pray, and I hated that book. Mm -hmm. I watched I did not like that book. I don't like her. Oh, but we can get into that in a book. I, I want to get into that because I've read that book too. I'll, we'll get into it. Oh, man. Just, mm. it, you want to start out with me feeling sorry for you because you're crying on the bathroom floor because you cheated on your husband? I'm out already. I'm sorry. I'm out already. I know. Uh, <laughs> I feel passionate about that and Monsters, Inc. Ask me about that sometime. Okay, all right. Um. But I think if we could get rid of all the 
eat, love, pray things and just write, create more than you consume. Yeah, it's very simple. Very simple. Yeah. And I don't necessarily consider your job consuming. Yes, you have to do that. But let's say you're in uh, customer service. You're helping someone. Let's yeah, that's say true. You're even an, even an attorney, which has such a bad, you know, pungent taste in my mouth when I say that, because I've just been dealing with divorce attorneys for how long? Um, and it took three years for me to get divorced. But, uh, you know, even that, you're helping someone. You're doing, yeah. you're, you're creating, you know? It's part of the game that somehow we built for ourselves. So they're playing the game to the best of their ability and whatever else. Yeah. Right? Even you work at a grocery store. You're the cashier. I don't think that that is is consuming. I think you're you can Good help point. with people. You can be like, oh my god, can I help you lift that heavy, whatever? In my case, case of beer or jug of wine out onto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Right. Um, so yeah. Anyway, nice. I really this Matthew. I had a very pleasant evening with you. Yeah, this was great. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up. I really appreciate okay. it. This was, this was worth the wait. I'm glad we finally yeah. circled back. Um, and we'll definitely do this again. Hopefully, we'll be able to do something in person for the next one. If not, we'll just sure. keep on Zooming. Let's, let's do it in Bora Bora in person. OK. I got the, that's where Your I'm Your wife right now. come. I have no ill <laughs> intentions whatsoever. I will babysit yeah. kids while you and your wife go on midnight strolls and whatever. I just think that I am so jealous of your background there that I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll all be there someday doing stand-up comedy for the, uh, <laughs> the uh, what do we call it, tourists. Yeah. Cool. All right, Jackie, well, you have a great night. And it's been real.